I feel like this podcast sidebar could be a drinking game. And every time I say like, depending on the state or varies by state, you just do a shot and you just like black out. Maybe that's your, uh, your E-Day party. Oh, hi. Welcome to the Duff Party, where politics and puns collide. On this show, we talk politics with people all across the political spectrum. Here, we talk to each other, not past each other. All the while cracking bad dad jokes, drinking cold beer, and eating delicious food. We are smart, kind, funny game changers. Here to have our minds and opinions confirmed, challenged, and even changed. So grab your headphones, your drink of choice, and your sense of humor, and join us for the party. We're super stoked you're here. What's up, Dev Party people? My name is Sam Tell. I am your host, and welcome back this week with another episode of TDP. Happy TDP Tuesday. Happy less than two weeks out from the 2018 midterm elections here in the United States. It's super exciting. And I'm personally super jazzed. I imagine most of you guys are as well. So I can't wait to dive into today's episode, which is going to be a little different, which I say every week. (laughs) Basically, you know, we had a structure and let's just throw it out the window and do what we want each week, right? This week is more of like a Q&A Tuesday. I've seen a lot of questions pop up over the last week surrounding voting, and I figured I'd take this opportunity while I'm on a solo episode to answer these frequently asked questions that you probably have had come up, if not during this election, then other election cycles, or you might have in the future or friends and family of yours may genuinely have these questions and now you'll be able to supply them with the answers, which makes you awesome. So stay tuned and we'll get into this episode and these awesome FAQs. Where am I supposed to vote? What is my polling location? So again, that varies by state and based on address. Uh, Vote.org has a polling place locator. So if you're on their website anyway, you might as well look up where you are supposed to vote. So the tricky thing about voting is that it's all controlled by the states. So totally makes sense, obviously, because voting can be hyper-local. But it does make it a little more challenging when, you know, someone like me who's trying to answer your questions and say, hey, just go here and check when it's for 50 different states and you have people like U.S. citizens living abroad, you know, overseas voting and it gets a little tricky. Um, So a lot of these websites do their best to kind of be the aggregator and be able to serve anyone who comes to visit and then point them in the right place. So definitely check out votes.org if you want to check your voter registration, make sure that all looks good. Um, If you want to check out where the heck you're supposed to vote on election day and physically go to, that is a great place to go as well. Um, The next question, what's on my ballot? (laughs) Great question. That's going to vary down by address, actually. So Uh, there's so much happening this election. It's a really big deal, this midterm. Not that every midterm isn't a big deal, but it feels like especially this one. It feels like people are especially paying attention to this one in light of the 2016 presidential elections. So in this one, there's like tons of U.S. senators up for re-election. 
like over 30 governors. I think the entire house is up for reelection. Um, and that's just that, you know, the national level, excuse me, the national level, if you go down to state level, you've got gubernatorial races. So your governors, your lieutenant governors, your secretaries of state, uh, gosh, your state representatives, your state senators, um, take it down another level to your local politics, depending on if you live in a village, a city, a town, municipality, a county, you know, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Those all, you know, change too. And even some like really unique, like some, you know, elected officials, like in Florida, you could be in charge of like mosquito control and I guess really hyper local. And then of course you have the judiciary. Uh, a lot of judicial uh, folks are appointed, but a lot are actually elected, not to mention your sheriff's department, your police departments. Um, some of those are elected positions. So there's just, oh my God, there's just a hell of a lot. <laughs> and like I always say, and like most of us say on the show, if you're looking to have the most impact with your vote, you are going to say going to spay. I guess this is a plug to spay new to your pets. <laughs> You're going to pay special attention to those hyper local offices because most people are going to see the names. And they're going to be like, I don't know who that is. That name sounds cool. Done. Or they're just going to skip it entirely, which is more likely. So your vote is going to have the biggest impact at the local level and then work your way up from there. So to answer the question of what's actually on your ballot, I can't tell you because I don't know where you live. (laughs) However, there are tools. You can obviously visit your state's uh, supervisor of elections page. Just use Google or DuckDuckGo or your favorite search engine um, to check that out. Uh, Ballotpedia.org, B-A-L-L-O-T-P-E-D-I-A, ballotpedia.org. If you look them up and look up the sample ballot tool, you can input your address across the 50 states and it'll provide you with everything on your ballot. And then you can click through and read um, for context, like if it's a candidate or a ballot measure or whatever, and they provide genuinely neutral political information. So that's a good site to check out. So I would do... Either of those options. If you want to like just see what's on your ballot and um, like get context, I would recommend Ballotpedia. If you really want to see like the actual sample, like an image of what your exact ballot is going to look like, then I recommend you contact your supervisor of elections office. You can do it online, phone, etc. Um, a lot of places, like when I lived in Oregon, they just like mailed out copies, uh, which is awesome. I love when we empower our voters, so. Not every state does that. So if yours doesn't, (laughs) the onus is on you to get that done. The next question, do I need an ID? This is is a lightning rod of question. (laughs) If you pay attention to politics, you know that this is a hot debate if you need an ID to vote. So again, this varies by state, and you're probably going to get sick of me saying that, but it's the truth. So it does. It varies by state. Um, some states require it and they have very strict requirements. Uh, you might have heard recently, I know the Democrats were up in arms about Georgia's secretary of state purging. I think he purged or put on hold 53,000 voter registrations because like they were off by like an apostrophe or like a period or like something in their system. Like 
I don't, I don't know exactly what happened because this is a very political, like politically contentious event. So it's hard to weave through like what actually happened versus what both sides are saying happened, if that makes sense. But basically in Georgia, 53,000 people's registrations are up in the air. And so you're being advised if you are one of these people to go ahead and demand uh, that you vote by provisional ballot, which is your right. So no problem there to ask for that at the polls. Um, but <laughs> that opens up a can of worms as to whether these votes will actually be counted. Then you add on top of that, the, the primary, I think the last summer I saw was 70% of the voters of the 53,000% were people of color. So like that looks pretty damning. Um, so anywho, <laughs> so my point in that story, I got a little lost. The point of my story was that because there's a mismatch somehow that those people could not have their votes counted. So that's when it's really important that if you're living in one of these states, and again, the search engine is your best friend, vote.org, Ballotpedia, whatever, for ID requirements. Obviously, your supervisor of elections, that's like the top uh, website to check for if you need an ID and what exactly needs to be on this ID. Bear in mind that my experience with these government websites are not the most user-friendly in terms of design. So you might have to poke around, but in cases like this happening in Georgia, like if your ID doesn't match exactly like your ballot could be uh, brought into question. Um, I know in Florida, it's best to have an ID. I remember when I lived here years and years ago, uh, my address didn't match from my license to my, um, where I was voting now, where I lived. And I got pushed back from the poll workers, but I gently reminded them that I was still able to cast my ballot and they were like, okay. <laughs> and it went through and it was fine. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the poll workers are, you know, they're trained to make sure that everything is legit and there's no funny business. I regret doing that, but I'm going to leave that in. <laughs> um, and then you have states like Oregon where I used to live, where I did not need an ID to register to vote. I did not need an ID to receive my ballot. I did not need an ID to submit my ballot or have it counted. Um, so again, that really varies by state. An organ is a vote by mail state. So it's kind of a whole other animal. It's actually a really awesome system that could be widely adopted and be super useful, but maybe that's for a different episode. Okay. So that's an ID. Um, next question was, What's a voting plan? So if you've ever been contacted by a political campaign, and especially I know the Democrats love to do this, and there's nothing wrong. I actually think it's a fine idea. They're going to ask you, well, do you have a voting plan in place? So basically that means that you're like, yeah, I'm definitely going to vote um, for sure. But you haven't like calendared it or like committed to like how it's going to go down. Like it's one thing to say like, I'm going to lose weight. And it's another thing to say, I'm going to lose five pounds by doing cardio four times a week, weightlifting three times a week and restricting my calories to 1200 calories a day, <laughs> right? Like that is a very concrete weight loss plan versus this goal of like, yeah, I'll lose weight. It's the same thing with voting, right? Like the goal I'm going to vote. Great. How are you going to get there? What does this plan look like? Do you have it in place? So there are options, of course, <laughs> asterisks by state. But generally speaking, most people like to vote on the actual election day, Tuesday, November 6th, 2018. Now, 
that's all fine and great. And there is like, for me, like I'm a nerd. So there's like this buzz in the air and it's like really exciting. And you get your little sticker and like, fucking love it anyway. (laughs) So a lot of people's voting plan is just like, yeah, I'm just going to show up. So then let's backtrack. Well, how are you going to get there? Do you have a car? Okay, great. So you're going to plan to drive there. Do you know where your polling location is? Okay, great. Do they have parking? Is it street parking? Do you have to pay the meter? What does that look like? Are you going on your lunch hour at work? What if the line's long? You know, these types of things and asking yourself these questions and then having options for yourself if you run into barriers. Um, Other options for voting plans. If you live in a state that allows you to vote early, either by mail, like an absentee ballot situation, or by showing up in person to an early voting location, I highly recommend that. And I've been developing and working on my personal voting plan, and I'm really leaning towards casting my ballot at an early voting location in person. Now, I thought about just doing it by mail, and then I saw a study come out where, God, Florida, there's a lot of challenges in Florida. The study was basically showing that in previous election cycles, like in 2008, I think, 2012, and then, of course, there was the whole, like, hanging chad situation in Florida in 2000, um, where people's mail-in ballots, like, weren't properly counted. And so I don't want to run that risk knowing that I'm voting in the state of Florida, so now I'm more inclined to show up and vote early in person at a physical early voting location. And that's because of that reason. That's also because then I still kind of get like my little buzz (laughs) of voting in person um, at the polls. And then thirdly, because I don't know what's going to happen to me in my life on Tuesday, November 6th. It could be just a normal day and I go to the polling location and it's fine. Or I could fall down and break my leg. Like Someone could get sick. There could be an emergency and I'm needed. And the most likely option is that I work (laughs) in politics. So I'm going to be working like 24 hours, 36 hours straight, something like that over election day. And it might be really hard for me to actually step away and physically visit a polling location when I need to be kind of like nose to the grindstone with election coverage and making sure that I'm on top of what's happening in all these races across the 50 states. So that's most likely what's going to happen. And anyway, this all came about because I was helping my boyfriend work on his voting plan because he's going to be a Florida voter for the first time. And that's been different slightly than him voting in a vote-by-mail state like Oregon, or even probably slightly different than when he used to vote in person when he was living in California. So anyway, it's just a really good option to come up with your voting plan, sit down with your family and friends, coworkers. You know, not everyone can get off work on election day, especially people like a lot of shift workers who risk actually being fired for taking off on election day. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think this should be a national holiday. (laughs) But until we get to that point, you know, don't take for granted the fact that like people can just show up and vote and it's like so easy because everyone's lives look a little different. And if anything, I believe in empowering people to vote. It's our basic right and privilege. And I'm just, oh, I just get real jazzed. So, <laughs> so that is my answer to what's a voting plan. So make one basically. And I would love to hear from you if you've made one. And I'd love to discuss with you if you need help making one, if you are like, am I missing any options or questions to ask myself, DM me or 
you know, on our page, leave a message and we can learn from each other. I think that'd be super cool. Okay. I'm looking at my time and I know I'm going to wrap this up because I wanted this to be a shorter episode story of my life. So (laughs) I'm going to pick, um, I'm going to pick maybe like two or three more if that, and we're going to get through it. So the next one, um, how do I learn about candidates? Um, check the campaign websites first. You might as well hear directly from the source what they are saying. After you've done that, you can, you know, watch debates. It, go to YouTube. If there's been any debates or anything, YouTube will likely have them and you can watch how they perform there. And if you like what they have to say or TV interviews or, you know, check your news sites where you get your news. Make sure you do your due diligence and don't just get your news from one lens. <laughs> See what everyone's saying. It helps you paint a holistic picture. Um, sites like Ballotpedia, I've mentioned a bunch. Open Secrets, if you want to know like who's basically paid into their campaigns, opensecrets.org is really good. Um, stuff like that. And you can kind of see, you know, a more holistic picture. If you are able, and I actually really highly recommend, if they candidates, depending on, <clears throat> excuse me, where you live and what office they're running for, obviously like the higher up the office, normally the more resources and money they have to do this type of stuff. If they're hosting any town hall meetings, if they've got a pan, a pancake, Lord have mercy, a campaign, a pancake office. Guys help. (laughs) It's been a really long day. I slept maybe an hour last night. Yikes. If they have a campaign office, um, if they have any sort of way where you can directly interact with the candidate or at least their campaign staff, I highly recommend that because interacting with the candidate would be great. But even if you're just interacting with campaign staff and learning like why they are slaving away, I hate using, I shouldn't have used the term slaving, but you get my point. Like why are they working so hard to get this person elected and speaking from campaign experience, like you eat, sleep, breathe, like nothing else in your life exists. You like, you don't do laundry, you just buy new socks. You don't like, you don't eat like volunteers just bring you food. I mean, literally it demands everything you have. And then some you're doing that work for a reason. So it's cool to interact with campaign staff and find out why. And they're going to be able to tell you their reasons and you might find them compelling. Um, So I would recommend those are good ways to learn about candidates. All right, let's do like one or two more. (laughs) If I butcher this podcast anymore, I don't even know if I can upload it, you guys. It's crazy. I'm telling you, don't record a podcast if you haven't slept. It's not great. All right. um, Can I vote if I have a felony? That, of course say it with me, varies by state. (laughs) In fact, on the Florida ballot is an amendment to restore felon voter rights. So again, that, yeah, that definitely varies by state. Um, I personally think that felons should have their voting rights restored once they've completed their debt to society. Um, But yeah, that that definitely varies by state. So um, there's like, there's, I mean, Google, just Google is the easiest way. Otherwise visit your supervisors of elections, um, website. If you are unsure, if you have been previously convicted of a felony and you want to know if you can register to vote, 
I would caution against filling out your registration until you're sure of the law in your state, just because you don't want to run the risk of being accused of attempted voter fraud. My last question, I'm going to wrap this up, guys. My last question I saw, (laughs) which I'm obsessed and I love this idea, and I'm not doing this this year because I am working all the way through election day and night and the next day. (laughs) But I love the idea of election day parties and making it something really fun and festive and like a holiday. I'm obsessed with this idea. We used to hold, um, like I've been to E-Day parties before for sure. They've been bomb. Um, But I also, uh, I've attended debate watch parties, like watching presidential debates. I've hosted debate parties like I love celebrating life and I love celebrating the fact that I live in a place where I can freely speak and freely vote my conscience and like try to make our place in the world a little better. And I'm just obsessed. So I love this idea. You can, yeah, watch the returns come in and have people over and have drinks and have food and like music and have people wear like red and blue and I love a good theme. Um, and just have some fun like that, but have some streamers or some nonsense, have people wear like red and blue. If there's like a particular race, like I know for me, I'm really excited about the Florida governor's race. You can have people almost like a gender reveal or something ridiculous and have people wear like red or blue, depending on which candidate they predict will win. Um, and just like, just have fun with it and just celebrate the fact that like, you voted and civic duty and life and just awesomeness. I just love that idea. I think that'd be so cool. Again, I'm not doing that this year just because I am like working forever <laughs> on election day, but I think it'd be really cool at least for the next go around in 2020 to do so. Like, like no, like probably I will be doing that for sure. So <laughs> I think that's super fun. Okay, on that note, guys, I'm going to wrap up this solo episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you've learned something. If this sparked any more questions for you, don't hesitate to post on our page so we can all learn from each other. Or, of course, you can always send a DM if needed. Um, I hope you're getting so excited and you're studying your ballots and you're getting ready to cast your ballot. And hopefully you get to throw like a little shindig on election day. As always, you can find us on our social media. We post um, every Tuesday, uh, every TDP Tuesday um, each week. So you can always check back SoundCloud, iTunes, www.devparty.com, etc. to listen to the podcast. We are so excited. We hope that all of our U.S. listeners are actively voting. And we want to thank all of our international listeners who are not voting in the U.S. elections, but the TDP last week hit our 27th country for listeners, and we cannot thank you enough for tuning in and trying to understand what the hell is happening in the United (laughs) States with the rest of us. Um, So yes, thank you guys so much for that as well. We welcomed listeners from Jordan last week as our 27th country. So we just always appreciate you and we can't wait to be back next week with another episode. Bye friends. Well, party's over. You know how it goes. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. You can catch us all over at the after party by searching for us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
And trust me, we definitely want to talk to you more. For exclusive content that we only share an email and a chance to win TDP merchandise and look way cooler than all of your friends, head over to www.thedevparty.com and subscribe to our email newsletter. Until next time, we'll catch you later. Bye, friends.